our Lord and our Father, we commit ourselves to you this morning as a, as a family. We, we crave for your presence. We long for your presence. We hunger for your presence. We thirst for your presence. And this morning we are here to seek your presence. The psalmist said that in your presence there is fullness of joy and at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. We know that everything that we need is in you. Your servant Paul said it well. He said, in you we live, in you we move, in you we have our being. And so, Lord, I pray that you will draw us after you, that we may run together with you. Help us, Lord, to deal with everything in our lives that makes it difficult for you to dwell with us. We acknowledge that we are difficult people to, 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 to dwell with. But Lord, you chose to put on flesh, to step out of the glory of heaven and to come down to seek and save us because it has always been your desire to dwell among your people. So help us to make it possible for you to dwell with us. We give you praise and glory. Inspire us as we hear your word and be pleased to use me as your microphone the next 30 or so minutes. And Lord, that your word will become flesh and dwell within us. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's a joy Amen. to be with all of Amen. you. Amen. We thank God so much for the opportunity to feast on his word. I was given a topic to share with us. And uh, the title of that topic is The Consequences of Losing God's Presence. The Consequences of Abandoning uh, God's Presence. And we've been given a, a key text and that is Genesis chapter 4 and verse 16. But I want to pick it from verse 8. Uh, this is what the scripture says from verse 8 of Genesis 4. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let us go to the field. While they were there in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. The Lord said to Cain, Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear. 
today you are driving me from the land and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on earth and whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said to him, no, anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. The Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. My brothers and sisters, the consequences of abandoning the Lord's presence. I don't know what comes into your mind when you think about God's presence. This is a phrase that we commonly use in... Uh, the circles of believers, and even in uh, church circles. Uh, as Anglicans, we have this famous uh, tagline that uh, the, Lord is, the Lord is with us. The Lord is here. His presence is with His presence, presence is with us. I hope I've even said it well. So God's presence or the Lord's presence is something that we are familiar with or at least we, we normally talk, talk about. But what does God's presence really, really mean? I was just reflecting, and uh, what came to me is that when we talk about God's presence, we are talking about the Lord dwelling among us. God making his dwelling among his people. God being present among his people by making his dwelling among his people. And when you read through the scriptures, you'll find that that has always been God's desire to dwell among his people, to be in fellowship with his people. The reason God created humans was to have fellowship with him. Not just to worship him, but to have fellowship. God is desirous of fellowship with humans. That is why when God created Adam, you know, the scripture in the book of Genesis brings it out that God would come in the garden in the cool of the day. You know, so God has always desired to be in unbroken fellowship with his people. He has always desired that. You can see it very clearly in scripture that even when humans fail, God repeatedly did things to show that he had never changed his primary desire to be in fellowship. And the entire story in the Old Testament eh, is a journey, a process God is putting in place or allowing to play out to ultimately bring back the abiding fellowship between himself and humans. So God's desire has always been to dwell 
among his people. John writes it very clearly in John chapter 1. Uh, from uh, in John chapter 1, at some point he says, the word was made flesh. God was made flesh eh? and dwelt, made his dwelling among us. So God has always desired to dwell among his people. You see, but God has standards. And for him to dwell among us, there are certain standards that must be in place to make it comfortable for him to abide and dwell among us. So when I think about the presence of God, my brothers and sisters, when I think about the presence of God, what comes to me is God making his dwelling among his people. That is what comes to me. When we talk about the presence of God, we are talking about God dwelling among his people. Now, my brothers and sisters, in that text of scripture, you have seen the flow of this text of scripture about, about Cain. There are certain things that happened in the life of Cain that made it very difficult for God to continue to dwell with Cain or for his presence to dwell with Cain. Actually, it is not really that Cain abandoned God's presence, eh? but that something happened in the life of Cain that ejected Cain from the presence of God that made it uncomfortable for Cain to be in the, in the Lord's presence that made him prefer to be away from God than to be where God is. That made it difficult for God to tolerate being where Cain is without Cain dealing with the issue that was outstanding. My brothers and sisters, even as I proceed, when we talk about God's presence, I can see through scripture that there are three descriptions of God's presence. There is what we call God's omnipresence. Eh? God's omnipresence, God being present everywhere. And the psalmist alludes to that in Psalm 139, from verse 7 to verse 12, where he says, where can I eh, flee from your presence? Where can I depart from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I go to the depths, you are there. If I go to the farthest ends of the earth, you're there. Here the psalmist was alluding to God's omnipresence, God. God being everywhere present. You know, the scripture talks about him feeling everything in every way. But my brothers and sisters, there is also what we call God's manifested presence. And you can see that through scripture, that even though God is present everywhere, God chooses to manifest himself and to make himself visible under certain conditions. 
You can, when you read through the book of Numbers, you'll find that the children of Israel in their journey from Egypt after crossing the Red Sea, you know, through the wilderness, God's manifested presence was with them in the form of a pillar, in the form of a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And it's this manifested presence of God that guided them. The scripture says that whenever the cloud settled in a particular place, the children of Israel would settle in that place. They would not move from there for as long as the cloud had settled there. They would only move when they saw the cloud moving, they would move. So God's manifested presence acted as a compass or a guide to them. But more than that, there is also God's tangible presence. There is, God does not just manifest himself, but he can also be felt. There is a tangible presence yeah, of God. And I was reflecting on this and thinking about Moses, how Moses would go to the mountain to meet to, 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 meet, to meet with the Lord. And how when he came from the mountain, the scripture says that his face, the countenance of his face shone with the glory of God. And the people would look at his face and see God's tangible presence on Moses. You know, for Moses, God's presence was tangible. I don't know what your experience is with God's presence. Some people only know God's omnipresence, but that God is everywhere. Other people know God's manifested presence. They have seen God do things. They have seen signs that God is present. But for Moses, he had the tangible presence. God's glory was upon the face of Moses. Now that should be your craving. That should be my craving. I don't just want to see God do things. I want to experience him. I need God's tangible presence. God's tangible presence. Now going back to, 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 to Cain. You see, the thing that 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 ejected Cain from God's presence. The thing that ejected Cain from God's presence and the thing that ejects us from God's presence, the thing that causes God, that causes God to be uncomfortable, to dwell with us as a fellowship and to dwell with us as individuals, is sin. And in the case of Cain, you can see that what happened in the life of Cain was in relation to his brother, Abel, which teaches me that one of the things that will cause the presence of God to depart from an individual or to depart from a fellowship, or that will cause individuals to be uncomfortable where God is, or a fellowship to be uncomfortable where God is, is the issue of relationships 
with our brothers, relationships with our sisters. You can see that Cain's problem was the way he treated his brother. May God help you and I to treat each other the way God desires that we treat each other. Cain's act was extreme. You can look at Cain's act as extreme because he actually physically murdered his brother. But how many times do we murder each other? Yeah. How many times do we murder each other through backbitings, through malice, through hatred, through bitterness, through resentment, and all kinds of things that we do to each other? If we are going to abide, if we are going to have God's presence stay with us, if we are going to have God dwell among us, we need to deal with the issue of the way we treat each other. Cain was asked, asked a question by God. He said, where is your brother Abel? And his response was, am I my brother's keeper? Am I my brother's keeper? Literally, meaning that Cain showed that matters to do with his brother was none of his business. And my brothers and sisters, some of us have not physically killed people, but the sense of negligence towards others that we show even in the setting of the fellowship in one way or another is similar to what Cain said about Abel. Am I my brother's keeper? What will determine God's abiding presence among us is the way that we show care and concern for one another. Now, this looks like a very, very simple thing. You see, but it is very difficult. You see, but that sense of negligence that Cain showed towards his brother to the extent that he even had no remorse, having killed his brother, ejected Cain from God's manifested presence. The only thing Cain was left with was God's omni, omnipresence. You see, but God can be God, God can be everywhere present, but his everywhere presence for you can be of no consequence. And that's what began to happen in the life of Cain. And these are the consequences, a number of consequences that scripture has, has mentioned. But I'll begin with the, 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 the place where Cain ended up. After Cain leaves God's presence, after Cain falls out with God, so to speak, he goes to a place called Nod, N-O-D. Now, what does Nod mean? Nod means a place of wandering. Eh? It means a place of confusion. When you lose God's presence, you lose direction. You see the pillar of fire and the cloud by day in the book of Numbers is what God gave Israel direction. But you see, when Cain 
lost God's presence. He lost direction. I don't know whether you have direction in your life, my brother or sister. When you lose the presence of God, you lose vision for your life. You lose direction. You lose a sense of purpose. You begin to wander around. You begin to meander. Confusion sets into your life when God's presence is lifted off of your life. The name Nod also means a world of pain. It means a world of pain. And this is synonymous with the consequences that are highlighted in this portion of scripture I have read. After Cain sinned and refused to admit, you see, he went, the, God pronounced certain painful things that would happen, that the ground that had opened its mouth to, 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 to drink the blood of his brother, that that ground would not respond to Cain, yeah? that that ground would not yield its strength to Cain. So Cain, because of losing the presence of God, was going to go through a life of toil, a life of pain. When you lose God's presence, you begin to struggle and to strive even to make ends meet. A world of pain. You know, the name Nod also means shaking. The name Nod also means being a vagabond. Yeah? It's like Cain's life after the loss of God's presence was that Cain would just move from place to place. The way you see a vagabond, Cain literally became a vagabond because of losing the presence of God. May God have mercy. You see, that's what makes me appreciate David. With all the human weaknesses David had, and sometimes when you read it from a natural standpoint and you compare David's sin and the sin that Saul, that Saul committed, you may be tempted to think that David's sin was extreme because, you see, he, 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 he committed adultery with somebody's wife and, 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 and went ahead, and, and went ahead to, 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 to kill the... the, the to kill the man. You see, but there is something about David. David treasured the presence of God so much that when his sin was made mention of by the prophet, in Psalm 51, one of the key things David mentions in his prayer is, do not cast me away from your presence. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. David treasured the presence of God more than anything else. May God put that within our hearts 
to treasure the presence of God. At some point, Moses said, Lord, if your presence is not going with us, we are not moving from here. He said, for what is it that is going to distinguish us eh, from the rest of the nations of the world? The presence of God is the distinct distinguishing attribute that distinguishes the children of God from the people in the world. And so David treasured the presence of God so much that he could not afford to lose the presence of God. The scripture doesn't show here that Cain even showed any remorse. The only thing Cain said that now you have given me a heavy punishment. You know, I am going to be driven from the land and I am going to be a vagabond and people will kill me. He was only concerned about his personal welfare than concerned about the presence. My brothers and sisters, losing the presence of God has very, very serious consequences. When Adam and Eve lost the presence of God. You know, uh, scripture mentions a number of things that came as a result of the loss of the presence of God. To Adam, God mentioned that he was going, that, 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 that the ground was going to produce thorns. Again, similar to what is happening in the case of Cain, that the ground was going to produce thorns, that he would have to sweat and toil. Again, you see that losing the presence of God brings a life of struggle and a life of strife, you know? And at some point, God says that from that, that, that at the end of your life, you will return to the ground. Loss of the presence of God actually is what causes, it's what causes death. May God help us. May God help us. May God help us to treasure, to treasure his presence. You see, my brothers and sisters, everything that God created, he made an environment for it where it should live if it's remain alive. You know, before God created fish, he made sure he creates the environment where fish should live. Fish can only remain alive if the fish is in water. Plants can only remain alive if they are connected to the soil. Stars can only remain alive as stars if they are fastened to the sky. And human beings can only remain alive spiritually and even physically if they are in the presence of God. So may God cause us to desire and to crave, to yearn and to long for his presence. May God bring us, give us the heart like the heart that David had where he could not afford to lose the presence of God. He could not afford, afford to be ejected in the presence of God. And it is what caused him to pray. Psalm 51, where he said, do not cast me away 
from your presence. Do not take your spirit from me. My brothers and sisters, there are other examples in scripture that illustrate the consequences of losing the presence of God. In 1 Samuel chapter 4 from verse 17 to verse 18, when Israel lost the presence of God, well, the background to this scripture is that the priesthood had become corrupt under Eli. The priesthood had become corrupt and Eli had failed to, to correct his, his sons who were priests. And God had given them time, like God is always patient with us, giving us time to deal with sin. And God had given them time and they refused to deal with sin. And ultimately what happened in 1 Samuel chapter 4 is that the enemies, that, that Israel ended up fleeing from, from its enemies. The Philistines attacked Israel and overcame it. When you lose the presence of God, you begin to lose spiritual battles. You begin to lose battles against the enemy. You begin to lose battles against Satan. You begin to lose battles against the world, the flesh, and the devil. That is what happened. When they lost the presence of God, they, they, they experienced very heavy losses. On that day, that fateful day, both sons of Eli died. Eli himself died. One of uh, the wife to one of Eli's sons went into labor, gave birth to a child, and she also ended up dying. Before she died, she gave a name to, a, to the child, and that name is Ichabod. Ichabod means the glory of God has departed. When you lose the presence of God, death is inevitable. Physical death is inevitable. Spiritual death is inevitable. And everything around you begins to show that God is not there. Ichabod, the glory has departed. May God have mercy. May God have mercy. May God have mercy. And the scripture says that the ark of the Lord's presence was away from Israel for a period of 20 years. God was absent for a period of 20 years. And all that time, Israel was living in fear because of the Philistines. May God have mercy. Until 1 Samuel chapter 7, when they decided to repent, when they decided to repent and recommit themselves to God. And that's when the presence of God was restored. Another example, my brothers and sisters, even like as I come to towards the close, is the example of Samson in Judges chapter 16 from verse 20 to verse 21. When you read that text of scripture, you can also see the consequences eh, of losing the presence of God. The consequences of making it impossible for God to dwell with you. Eh? The consequences of making it impossible for God's abiding presence, for God's tangible presence eh, to be with you. In the life of Samuel, the first thing Samuel lost eh, 
The first thing Samuel lost is the ability to discern God's presence. The Bible says that he did not even realize that the Lord had left him. Can you imagine? He didn't even realize he lost the ability. He lost sensitivity. He could not even discern that God is not there. The Bible says he said to himself, I will shake myself as I normally do. You see, now that's the problem with routine. You see, Samson was so used to, to routine. He took the grace of God for granted. He would sin and operate in the anointing. He would sin and God would, you know, he, he, he took God for granted. And many of us take God for granted. We sin and we think that the grace of God will continue eh, to be available. God is slow to anger and abounding in love. But there comes a time when God has to judge. So Samson loses this, the ability to discern whether God is there or not. Number two, when you look at this text of scripture, you know, number two, Samson just started going through motions. You know, you can be a Christian and you go through the Christian motions. You go to church, you know, you go for fellowship, you even attend prayer meetings. You see, but the Lord has left you and you are just going through routine and you don't know that the Lord left you. Everything just becomes routine, a form of godliness, but no power. When you lose the presence of God, you end up with a form of godliness, but without the power. Number three, in Samson's life, he was ar arrested by the Philistines. He was arrested. When you lose the presence of God, you become prey, P-R-E-Y. You become prey, P-R-E-Y. He was arrested by the Philistines. Number four, when he lost the presence of God, he was bound by the enemy. When you lose the presence of God, you become bound. The powers of darkness bind you. There are so many believers I, 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 I know about, you know, who are bound in certain areas of their lives. When you lose the presence of God, you lose the sight. Samson's eyes were removed. Yeah? His eyes were gorged out. You lose vision. You lose sight. You know, Samson ended up, Samson ended up grinding wheat, grinding barley, whatever it was, grinding millet for the enemy. He ended up in the enemy's prison grinding wheat. I mean, grinding grain for the enemy. When you lose the presence of God, you become a laborer for the enemy himself. May God have mercy. May God have mercy upon us. You know, it is so insulting that these Philistines even organized a worship service to worship their God, eh? Dagon, whatever their God was, eh? for handing Samson over to them. Can you imagine that when you lose the presence of God, eh? when you lose the presence of God, eh? whatever you do eh? becomes credit to the enemy. May God have mercy upon us. Even as we now engage 
this day. May our craving be the craving David had. That when you fall in sin, your main concern should be, Lord, I don't want to lose your presence. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your spirit from me. You see that craving for the presence of God will automatically cause you to desire to walk in a life of repentance, righteousness, and holiness so that you don't lose God's abiding presence. So my brothers and sisters, even as I end today, my prayer is that the Lord by his spirit will search us and help us to deal with anything in our lives that may cause us to be ejected from his presence. The Lord had spoken to Cain and told him sin is at your door. You must deal with it. I don't know what you have not dealt with, but may God give you the grace to deal with that thing that may easily cause you to lose fellowship with God, to be ejected from God's presence, to be uncomfortable in God's presence, and ultimately end up in Nod where Cain ended up. Our Lord and our Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you give us a new heart and a new spirit, like the heart that David had. The scripture says that he was a man whose heart was after God, so much that even when he fell in sin like all of us, his concern was not to lose your presence. And that drove him into the place of repentance. And so, Lord, I pray that there will be a grace, a grace to repent this whole week. The Lord, as you point to things in our lives, we will quickly deal with them because we cannot afford to lose your manifested presence. We can't afford to lose your tangible presence. My Father and my God, we cannot afford to be prey to the enemy. We cannot afford, Lord, we cannot afford to be the kind of people that the enemy is happy, that, 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 that bring credit to the enemy. Lord, may our lives only bring credit and glory to you. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. 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 Amen.